0: Joel bringing in the last hour as he always does. One more hour to go on Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Continuing team week, final team predictions before we even actually continue it a little bit longer with Lawton Swan. Joining us at 220 of ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Real quickly, did want to let you know that you can kick off football season on Saturday, September 16th, with the Roaring Riots Kickoff Jam at Nota Brewing Company North End. The Kickoff Jam will feature Panthers legends, including Thomas Davis, Charles Johnson, Stephen Davis and even Mike Tolbert. They'll have live music from bands like Better Than Ezra, Rested Development, and Nappy Roots, too. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the biggest Panther fan pep rally on the planet Saturday, September 16th. Head to kickoffjam.com, kickoffjam.com for more details. Time now for Team Week.
1: It's the sound you've waited months to hear. Bring your own guts! It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Heartbreaks.
0: Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play.
1: It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. Watson. And every Saturday you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here.
0: In it out strong on Wes and Walker. The first four games this upcoming season for Clemson. They'll start off with a doozy. It's going to be a lot of fun. September 4th, 8 p.m. kick on ESPN. They're going to be going to the dangerous Wallace Wade Stadium to take on the Duke Blue Devils. Riley Leonard, Mike Elko. Just, we're talking about them during the break. Will Shipley, we talked to, says they're getting ready for a very good Duke opponent. And Wes, I know who you're going to pick for this game. You're going to pick the Duke Blue Devils to beat the Clemson (laughs) Tigers. But really what we want to know is do you have them beating Florida State at the very end of this quarter that we like to evaluate? For me, I have them going three and one. I have them beating Duke. I have them beating Charleston Southern. I have them beating FAU. And I got to lose into Florida State. Okay. Seminoles, pull off the upset. I don't even know how much of an upset it's going to be, but it's going to be one I would imagine at Death Valley. So give me the Seminoles. I'm sorry, Clemson fans. I know they're going to be coming for me on the text line, but you have the Tigers suffering another loss. I don't feel like you're going to have them lose to FSU.
2: Yeah, I'm a big home and away guy. Where's the game being played? And so for Duke, like I said, with that 9-4 and four record, all the starters coming back, I think they're walking into a very, very tough environment, which they're used to. Programs like Clemson, They're used to this, so it's not going to be necessarily the environment that is a big factor in them losing this game. But I just think the Duke football team, with everything they've got coming back, they're ready to go. So I got Duke uh, winning that first game. And then I have them winning three in a row, taking care of business against the Florida State uh, Seminole starting the season out three and
0: one. All right, so we have the same record, but different losses. You have Clemson losing right out of the gate, which is going to be fascinating to see how they respond, especially with a game like Florida State. It will be at home, and so we'll see what they do there. The second quarter of the season for Clemson, they're going to hit the road and take on Syracuse, who they always struggle with. If Dino Babers doesn't accomplish a single thing this year, you can feel confident that they're at least going to compete. With one Clemson football squad. So on the road against Syracuse, home against Wake Forest, and then two other road games in a row, Miami and NC State. I've talked about how Clemson is going to have a shot to get to the college football playoff more so than what they did this past season. I do believe in this Clemson team, just like I believe in the Florida State team. Give me Clemson to run the table. So at that point, they go 7-1. and one. They beat Syracuse on the road. They beat Wake Forest at home, Miami on the road, and NC State on the road. They take care of business there. That'll take us through November, and I have Clemson with a 7-1 and one record at that point.
2: I have the same thing. I've got them cleaning up uh, down the stretch. Just don't see a team. I know Syracuse, Dino's biggest win, uh, arguably, at Syracuse, was when he was able to beat the Clemson Tigers uh, a few years back. So they always have a tough time uh, up there, but I think they get the job done. Wake, man, as much as I'd love to pick us to get some get back, But going to Death Valley, I think we had a great shot to beat them last year. Did not do that. They just can't beat Clemson. Dave Clawson just can't beat Clemson. Has not done so since he's been there. I don't think it starts this season. Then uh, Miami, I think they go down to Coral Gables against what I think will be an improved Miami team. I think that'll be a really good game, but I think they win that one uh, on the road. And I think uh, NC State, again, uh, offensively, if Brennan Armstrong and the crew is rocking and rolling, I could see this being a potential pitfall for the Tigers, but I still think they go into Raleigh uh, and get it done in a place that they have owned them and have owned NC state pretty much outside of Uh, NC State's win from a couple of years ago at home.
0: See, I've angered a couple of my favorite Clemson fans on the planet. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, Moose. Big Cat Dan, I know you're mad at me. Big Cat Dan said Duke and FSU losses by LOL. Moose said Florida State hadn't beaten anyone and couldn't beat a worse team last year at home, Walker. And Duke is a little scarier, but they don't have the athletes. Syracuse is always a trap game, and that and Notre Dame are the only ones I'm concerned with. And in these other games, I know you talked about it a little bit but what was the hardest decision for you was there a hard decision for you outside of the duke game that you picked yeah i mean there are some games on the road that i think could be scary
2: for them because i still don't think the offense is going to be prolific i think they'll be good enough but not prolific uh the miami game and the nc state game i think miami will be better i think tyler van dyke's going to be pretty good this year and it's on the road uh, as well, and we know how Miami gives it up. Like, if it's a team that they know, a team that's a big dog, then they're going to be loud and lit uh, for those games. So, depending on how Miami's doing, that could be a, a raucous environment for them to walk into. And then NC State's always tough. We know the rivalry that they have. Uh, Brendan Armstrong and that offense are rolling, and the defense has been at least close to what they've been the last few years. I think those two could be hard games, but if I had to choose which one I thought uh, the most, I'd go with Miami because I've got Miami much improved uh, this year. So, All right. Christopher uh, I'm,
0: I'm believe drinking the Kool-Aid. Second year around. Last quarter of the season. We both have them 7-1. and one. You have a loss against Duke. I have a loss against Florida State. Last four games at home against Notre Dame and Georgia Tech. At home again against North Carolina. And then they hit the road, go to Columbia, take on South Carolina after losing to them last season. Wes, I think I have them running the table here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have them with a one loss record going into the ACC championship and the potential to go to the college football playoff. They beat Notre Dame. They beat Georgia Tech, North Carolina. I just – Clemson's just a bad matchup for them, man. I mean, they're a bad matchup for a lot of people. I know that seems weird to say, but North Carolina – has to go against that defense, and I don't know if their defense is going to perform, and so that's always really tough, even if they have the QB that you think can keep up with the Clemson team like that. I just am not going to go with Drake May and that North Carolina squad, and I can't see South Carolina beating Clemson two years in a row. They go undefeated in the last quarter of the season. I have them going 11-1. and You got them losing? (laughs) You sound like you like Happy
2: because you know something that nobody else does. You just have my face like you got him losing because you well, want them to Well, I mean, be able look, you
0: can't you can't smile down, down the lift. stretch.
2: Yeah, there there are also some tough games. I just don't trust Sam Hartman enough in a big game to be able to beat uh, Clemson, especially on the road at Death Valley. I think those old Wake Forest memories will come uh, for him. Georgia Tech they should be able to take care of easily as they always do. North Carolina could be a very interesting game, but I think at Death Valley. Uh, it's going to be a great throwback ACC matchup, but I still think Clemson, because I think Clemson's defense and running game are going to carry uh, this football team through a lot of these football games. But going to South Carolina. Oh, okay. Here we go. I think South Carolina is improving. I think they're on the rise. I think the way that they beat Clemson last year, that was huge for them to come into Death Valley and to be able to beat them. And when you look at this program, they were picked Uh, by the SEC media to finish third uh, in the Eastern Division behind Tennessee and Georgia. Spencer Radler, uh, I'm going to believe that he's going to bounce back this year. Well, not bounce back, but he's going to continue his trajectory from the end of last season. They got great recruits coming in there like Nick Harbor and the crew. I'm going to go South Carolina, man, at South Carolina in what is always a madhouse to go to. To upset Clemson at the end of the year. And Clemson ends 10-2. and two. I know the Clemson fans may be waiting for me by my truck today. But that's okay. I got Clemson uh, losing to South Carolina to end of the
0: season. My question is, with two losses... Is it Clemson that you still have going to the ACC championship game?
2: Yeah, I do. I have Clemson still winning the league because they're only going to take one league loss, in my opinion. And and I think, uh, like I said, they lose to South Carolina, but they still get to Charlotte and uh, play for that ACC championship in nine seasons.
0: And you have a meeting Duke, right? Yes. That's what you think. All right. So Duke, a rematch. Rematch. Between Clemson and Duke at the end of the season, we get season, that matchup twice at the beginning of the season. All right, let's actually switch to around the NFL, give you some of the top storylines in the National Football League, and then continue Team Week again with Lawton Swan of Clemson on the other side of the break. I did want to talk about an injury that uh, Jerry Judy suffered with the Denver Broncos. Had a hamstring injury. He's reportedly going to miss several weeks. So this is, especially for the NC State fans out there that still claim him, even though he says he's from a whole pack of Badgers. Russell Wilson, West, bad year last year. Jerry Judy might be missing some time, but you still have Sean Payton. What else is new? Yeah, right. Sean Payton is going to be the head coach. Do you think Russell Wilson has a bounce back year?
2: I do not. Okay. Yeah, I do not. Uh, I think that is it hasn't started out fantastic, For them, you hear a lot of talk about how Sean Payton's not married uh, to Russell Wilson and how uh, they they can make moves and how much it would hurt them to get off of them. But they're saying that he's not Sean Payton's guy. Uh, It's been an interesting start to their relationship. But I'm going to go, no, I think he has a decent year. But I don't think he has the type of year that we have come to know Russ for.
0: Yeah, I don't know what to expect from Russ. For me, I don't expect him to be a top 10 QB again. Not top five, for sure, like we would always talk about with him. Yeah. Certainly not in that elite category. But with Jerry Judy gone, I, I, I like Judy a lot. He has a problem with dropping the football, but still among the best route runners in the league. Still can get open. If you look at some of the next-gen stats and some of the analytics, that guy was as open as a lot of other receivers in the His NFL. are crazy. Yeah, they're crazy. And I, even if he drops, let's say he drops, I don't know, a ball every two games, that's still more good work done with the kind of – that's why a lot of people just overlook drops. Like what we did with Jamar Chase preseason. Everybody was worried like hell. And then he goes out and has a fantastic rookie season with Cincinnati. So I think that is going to be a big loss, especially if he misses some real regular season time. And so if we don't think Russell Wilson will bounce back, what QB do you think is most likely to break out this year? Can be a rookie? Can be a second-year guy? Is there a young quarterback, old quarterback, even if it takes some time, Geno Smith-style? Wes, what QB do you think has a breakout season? Woo, okay. Uh, I can go first if you want me to. Breakout
2: season, man. I'm. I'm staying with... My team, Brock Purdy, I think this year with everything that everybody said, oh, he's a system guy. Oh, he's not going to do what he did last year. Oh, it's just a flash in the pan. I think this year uh, he stays healthy over that 17-game schedule, puts up uh, big-time numbers, and proves to everybody that he's that guy.
0: Can I go Trevor Lawrence? I think Trevor Lawrence could be pushing like 4,700 yards. Okay. That's that's a great – Great selection. Doug Peterson, second year in that system. You have Calvin Ridley, who we just talked about being the touchdown maker in Atlanta. Ever since you rhymed Dallas Baker and touchdown maker because of Swamp Kings, that's all (laughs) I've been going to for the guys that will catch red zone passes. But yeah, Calvin Ridley down there, you have a nice mix of weapons. Speaking of Clemson, the connection between him and ETN, really like what he could do. So just maybe even MVP level type year. I think Trevor Lawrence will be that guy, not necessarily a hot take, but one where I'm willing to go all in on him, just you know wreaking havoc on everybody. So that's one that I'll go to in the around the nFL stuff. last one, rookie wide receiver, you think could have the best season. man, these guys look good in the preseason, all of them do it's It's just been a common theme since you know seven on seven took over. We've seen Tank Dell looks awesome. Your boy, Wes. Josh Down, people have been raving about him. Jordan Addison, people are telling you to draft him, draft him, draft him in fantasy leagues. Is there one that you like the most, even after Zay Flowers scores a touchdown in the most recent preseason?
2: I like Jordan Addison a whole lot, and he would be my pick, but I'm going to go with Zay Flowers, man. Like I think Odell's out there. And Odell looks to be healthy and ready to go, but I, I don't know that he's gonna be the same from an explosion standpoint. I think Zay Flowers is the explosive threat for that offense. I know he has to eat uh with the with the big tight end, big Mark Andrews yeah. and Odell, but I think that uh he and Lamar Jackson are gonna have that sensational Florida chemistry, and they're going to
0: hook up a lot, and I think Zay Flowers is going to make a lot of plays. I I agree with you. I think it is Zay Flowers, and I like Bateman, Hurt. I like Andrews, of course. Not playing the same position is is going to help, but, but even Tank Dell... I just wonder about the offensive line. Like there are more excuses as to why you can limit some of the upside for these other guys. Yeah, I think in RPO offenses, I saw Josh Norris talk about how a lot of those offense will funnel targets to one option. Michael Pittman jr. Is still going to be the number one option in Indianapolis, Jordan Addison. Yeah. Really good receiver. Justin Jefferson will be the one KJ Osborne's good. And so he has. Like, I wonder if that's going to take targets away. I love Dell, but do I want to put my confidence in Lamar Jackson or rookie QB I'm kind of with you on flowers, especially with Todd Munkin as their O.C. Excited what you could see there with Baltimore. All right, quick little around the NFL segment before we go back to Clemson football talk. Lawton Swan joining us next of ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
2: It's not halftime here on the and Walker Show, but we still got the Nas going. Fire, fire track playing right there. This is the and Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ on a No Rules Friday. Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. Hit up the socials as well so that you can stay locked in on all of the content that we have For you, behind the scenes, questions of the day, all types of stuff. But the question now, we're going to get answered by one of my guys, Lawton Swan, joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter or X, whichever you prefer, at Lawton Swan. He covers the Clemson Tigers for ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Lawton, what's going on, my man?
1: Hey, Wes. I'm good, buddy. How
2: are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. So we had Will Shipley on earlier talking about these Clemson Tigers. We just went through the schedule. I've got them 10-2. and 2. My man Walker Males got them going 11-1. and 1. But how do you see Clemson season shaping up under Garrett Riley at offensive coordinator at uh, also Cade Clubnick stepping in at quarterback?
1: Yeah, so I think it's interesting because I think there are a lot of people out there, Wes, if you look at last season, they really wanted to see Kate Klubnick a little bit sooner than you really got to. And, you know, he really came on to the scene in that matchup against North Carolina in the ACC championship and then obviously playing in the Orange Bowl against Tennessee once D.J. Uyunglele decided that he wasn't going to come back to Tigertown. So I think with all of that and what you saw, there was a, a bit of a tempo change when he was in the game. And I think that was a refreshed feeling for a lot of people. And then the offseason hire that you mentioned, you know, Dabo Sweeney going out and and bringing in Garrett Riley. I I think, you know, that's – I was watching, I'll tell you this, I was watching the Johnny Manziel documentary the other week, and the thing that I didn't realize when I was watching it initially was that Cliff Kingsbury was the offensive coordinator when Manziel won the Heisman Trophy. Now, I'm not trying to equate that Kate Klubnick will go on to win the Heisman Trophy at Clemson in this system, but while there are different iterations of that air raid offense, what we do know is that Garrett Riley, Lincoln Riley, and uh, and Cliff Kingsbury all kind of come from that same tutelage and kind of have a, a similar system. So I could see where, you know, if this, this team can play at the highest level at wide receiver with Cade Klubnik and all the things that he brings to the table, maybe even his ability to rush the football, it could be a special season. And I don't think you guys are so far gone with, you know, 10-2 and 11-1 and, 11 and one predictions, I think you look at the schedule, they'll probably be favored in the majority of the games, if not all. And uh, you can make the argument their two toughest games are at home with Florida State and Notre Dame. And then, Lawton,
2: also, when you when you talk about this schedule, where do you see maybe the potential pitfalls? I know you just mentioned a couple of matchups right there. Are there any, uh, you know, big matchups where you're really looking to those and saying, hey, this could determine their season?
1: Well, So I always think week one is funny, and I know you being a former player, you kind of understand this. The ball bounces a strange way that opening weekend, and you never know. The other thing, too, that I think will maybe influence some things is the new clock management. You know, how many possessions do teams get? And we really don't know it, right? It's all kind of mythical at this point because of the the clock not stopping like we're accustomed to it doing at the collegiate level. So if you lose some possessions per game, then maybe some teams that can figure out a way uh, to possess the ball a little longer can keep the you know kind of play a game of keep away from some of these high-powered offenses. And we'll see if that does end up popping up. Games i would watch out for, obviously, I think North Carolina and, and then that matchup at the end of the season, you know, with South Carolina. The fact that the Gamecocks went into Death Valley and kind of shocked everybody coming from behind, being down 14 to win at 31-30. Uh, Dabo Sweeney has kind of insinuated when I was talking with him at the ACC kickoff that he feels like that game may have actually kept Clemson out of the playoff a year ago. So I don't think Clemson feels too far from the college football playoff conversation. But there are some, uh, as you might call them, landmines along the way. But those are the four that I'd, I'd really look at is the two I mentioned earlier with Florida State and Notre Dame and then that North Carolina-South Carolina swing that you've got at the back end. The good news is next week up in Charlotte, Everybody will get a chance to see the Tar Heels and the Gamecocks face it off. So for Clemson fans, even though you're a long way off from those games, you might get a little preview of what those two teams could look like later on in November.
0: That's the voice of Lawton Swan, ClemsonSportsTalk.com on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Lawton, we've talked a lot about the quarterback exchange. A lot of people have. The offense, how different it could look not only with Garrett Riley, but also Cade Klubnick. You go back last year, you see DJU only throw for 250 yards one time, and that was in a double overtime game against Wake Forest. Is it safe to say, is it fair, I should say, to say that DJU held back this offense last year?
1: Whew, man, i tell you, if you listen to DJ, he kind of feels the the exact opposite.
0: Right. So, <laughs> right. You know,
1: I my, my thing is this, and, and I'll be honest, I think you're going to know for sure after about three weeks in the season. And the reason I say that is is because, you know, when we were in school and that science professor was trying to teach us about variables and we didn't really understand what he was talking about, well, now we do if you look at college football because whatever DJ does at, at Oregon State will be indicative of whether or not, you know, this was a Clemson thing or a DJ thing because you've separated the two. And then you've also kind of added in that variable of Garrett Riley versus Brandon Streeter, which may – influence the, the, the situation in Tigertown. But I think you'll quickly know if DJ goes out to Oregon State and just looks like, like the player that we thought he was, right, like on the Dr. Pepper commercial two years ago before Georgia and, and Clemson faced off there in Charlotte in the season opener and Georgia goes on to win back-to-back national titles, you know, he was the face of college football. I mean, I think people may have forgotten that because he sort of vanished, but going into that season – uh, DJ was the face of college football, and so if he goes out and just blows up at Oregon State, then I think you can say, yeah, there was something at Clemson that was wrong. Uh, but I mean, if he kind of looks like, yeah, if he looks like the guy he was in Tigertown, then I think you gotta say, hey, maybe, maybe DJ is not quite as invested in football uh, as he he maybe uh, was either a projected to be, or or b as much as maybe his dad and other people around him would like him to be.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, the variable talk scared me back then in middle school. It took a while to learn independent, independent <laughs> variables, okay? It just took a little bit longer than everyone else. Final question before we get you out of here, Lawton. Just considering guys' improvement from year to year, because that's the goal. Everybody gets better every single season. And the newcomers that come in and provide an immediate impact, how much more talented would you say this team is than last year, if it's safe to say that at all?
1: Ooh, uh, well, I think defensively, I think you'd have to say that they are with the young guys coming in. And I know the name everybody talks about is Peter Woods. And the best thing I can tell you about Peter Woods is this. Forget what he did in the spring game, but Don Munson, who's the voice of the Clemson Tigers, I had him on my show. And, again, for anybody out there listening, uh, you can just follow us on Twitter at Clemson Sports. Make it super easy. A lot easier than typing my name. But um, you know, I talked to Don, and Don is the guy that's always pumped the brakes, right? I mean, Trevor Lawrence goes goes undefeated, wins the national title. They go undefeated the next year, like into the LSU matchup in the national championship game. And I asked Don Munson, you know, if if, if Trevor wins this ballgame, is is he potentially one of the great quarterbacks of all time? And Don Munson's a, whoa, 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 don't put the cart before the horse kind of guy, right? He never, never leans in on anything. Man, I asked him about Peter Woods, and Don Munson – I mean, he broke out the engineer's cap. I mean, he was, he was driving that train, and he said he's not going to slow down the hype train on Peter Woods. So I think just Peter Woods and the guys, the filing green, uh, I, I think obviously T.J. Parker, I, I think those guys are all players as freshmen that can come in and play defensively for Clemson and could end up being you know, solid backups because you've got, you've got Tyler Davis and Ruk O'Rororo in the middle. And then, obviously, a guy that everybody's kind of keeping their eyeballs on is what Xavier Thomas does off the edge for Clemson this year. But on the defensive side, yeah, I I think so. I think they're obviously um, the the young guys have a chance to really be impactful uh, this season for Clemson.
2: That was Lawton Swan joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him at Lawton Swan on Twitter or his platform at Clemson Sports for all of your Clemson sports needs. Big Law, we'll see you down the road, my man.
1: Hey, guys, anytime you need me,
2: I'm here for you. All right, man. So that was a great uh, Clemson football sandwich for you right there.
0: Really good. Um, Yeah, the DJU comments, it's true. DJU clearly felt slighted by the way things went last year and even the year before. Remember, nine touchdowns, ten interceptions for DJU two years ago, and the yardage wasn't there. We talked about it earlier this week. But he also talked about how the offense wasn't catered to him. You've talked about that comment a couple of times as to why you believe DJU will have the better year at Oregon State than Kate Klubnick will at Clemson. So if that happens, Wes, can you imagine the kind of think pieces that will be out there and what we're going to be talking about? You'll be pounding your chest because you're <laughs> definitely in the minority with that take. Uh-huh. But you'll be able to do that if that happens. Now, if Cade Klubnick and DJU have good seasons both, then I think... It's a wash. It's a wash. You can still blame Brandon Streeter. I think that's probably what it will go to, is blaming Brandon Streeter for holding back that offense, and then you can just move on because what you have right now is so good. So if both of them are good, then it'll be a wash. You're right. But if it happens in reverse, like you said, then, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. And so uh, that's going to be definitely one of the storylines to see uh, how this all plays out. And now we're going to talk about some high school football, With Jeff Taylor. Rotating door, baby. Who wants to join? CW Sports Director and of Bay Hackle Sports joins us to talk some high school football. Jeff, nice to hear from you again.
3: Hey, good to talk to you guys. I hope you guys are having a great week. I hope you're staying cool.
2: Yeah, man, no doubt. We're excited about high school football definitely kicking into high gear. A lot of teams played their first games last week. There'll be more playing it this week. And so you guys' game of the week is Richmond Senior at Butler, currently rated number 12 in the Charlotte Observer Suite 16 tonight at 8 o'clock. And one of these State powers will be 0-2 when this game finishes. The Richmond Raiders, they only averaged 2.9 yards on 29 rushing attempts last week in their game. They're going up against a veteran Butler Bulldog defense and the Bulldogs lost to Roseville, which is also another powerhouse in the state of North Carolina. And they're going to try to get a faster start than what they had that ultimately led to their demise in this game. So, how excited are you about this matchup? And what should we be looking for?
3: I, listen, it, it is going to be a great matchup. You got two hungry teams that both come in 0-1, like you mentioned. And I think you know, I, watching you know uh, Coach Brown Hales over the years. His defense has been tough. Um, they've been fast. They get to the ball quick. And so I, I'm really thinking that that Butler's defense shows up and shows out on this one. Um, and I think Butler gets that win that they need. it. You know, drop to 0-2, nobody would question where they stand, you know, in terms of a football team and stuff like that. But, you know, um, Richmond's traveling. And so I just think, uh, you know, it with Butler's defense and, and the speed that they play with and the veracity of which they get to the ball, um, and, you know, Richmond did struggle, you know, that first night, rushing the football. And, it, you know, if you can't rush the football, uh, you know, then you can kind of, you know, knock down those passing lanes and stuff. So, I, at the end of the day, we're it, just, we can't wait for it. You know, like you said, 8 o'clock on BayHacklesports.com. Uh, Reggie Walker and Darren Vaught on the call. We're, we're pretty pumped for it. But I, I think Butler, uh, you know, with that D, um, the offense is coming together, but I think the D shows up.
2: And then another matchup going on in the city, Buford, Georgia. Top five team in the nation comes in to take on Maller Creek. Dylan Rayola, the number one player in the class of 2024, headed to Georgia he and his fifth-ranked national squad come in to take on the Mallard Creek Mavericks, also uh, a top-three team in the Charlotte Observer Sweet 16. What do you see uh, in this matchup? How exciting is it to have a player of this caliber uh, coming up this way to play a little football?
3: I think it's awesome. I think anytime you can get matchups like this, you know, for our area and for teams to come from other states to come here and, and you know, show up is awesome. So, uh, you know, kudos to them for doing this. But, you know, Mallard Creek, Hey, listen, they looked good last week in their win against Indy, you know, in the Turf Kings Classic. Um, not that, sorry, excuse me, on the uh, kickoff night, my fault. Um, but, I, you know, I just having a player of that caliber, um, they won 42 to nothing week one. I love Coach Tinsley and what he's doing out there. Um, this is going to be a tough one. This, this one's going to be a tough one. So, and, and not only that, and I might jump ahead on you, but, you know, we have another Georgia team in Benedictine coming up to play Chambers. Chambers hasn't played a game yet. Benedictine. Is I've read somewhere probably one of the top four or five teams in Georgia with Buford being number one. So Chambers starting their season with a team like Benedictine, uh, you know, two teams from Georgia coming in. Those are going to be two games to keep our island tonight. We will be at both of those games. So I'm excited to see, you know, these out of state schools come in and play powerhouses like Mallard Creek and, and Chambers, and it gives them both a good litmus test of where they stand, you know, this early on.
0: Talking some high school football with Jeff Taylor, the CW Sports Director, and you can find him a part of Bay Hackle Sports. I did want to talk to you about some news. I know Langston Wirtz wrote about it on the Charlotte Observer. The Providence Day Charlotte Catholic High School game going national. They will play on ESPNU September 1st. That game will be played at Providence Day and is a part of the GEICO ESPN High School Football Showcase. How big of a deal is that? How excited are you for it, Jeff? And who do you give the edge to right now with uh, some of the preseason rankings out there?
3: Yeah, it's enormous. It's enormous for our area. And and listen, you know, it, we got a lot of a lot to be excited about when we talk about high school football here in our area. But to have, you know, the national, you know, spotlight here with ESPN doing that for those two teams, it, it's fantastic. Um, you know, and you're going to get a chance to see, you know, the Jane Davis Jordan ship and stuff like that. Right now, I personally think Providence Day might be the best team in the state. Um, and can hang with pretty much a lot of teams in the nation. So. Um, I know they're excited. You know, we've 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 talked to both coaches recently, and we know that they're fired up to do this. And the kids are just ecstatic. You know, the interesting part will be, you know, when you're when you're talking teenagers, sometimes you have got to keep them on an even keel. So <laughs> I'm wondering how excited they'll be to be in the in this spotlight. But um, you know, early on, um and, you know, once again, a, a great matchup. But I think you know, right now, Providence Day is just um, that, that's, that's, a, that's a solid football team.
0: All right, Jeff, I'm on your Bay Hackle Sports Twitter profile. You have a vote. You have a poll up there on the best play that we saw last week. You have the 50-yard touchdown pass from Jackson D.B. to Evan. I'm going to try to pronounce this. Kakavitsis. Or you have the Myers Park 30-yard pick six by Adam Luters. Now, I haven't picked on one yet, Jeff. If you made me choose, I'll do it right here, right now, whatever one you want. Should I go with the pick six or should I go with the 50-yard touchdown pass?
3: Okay, let me preface this by saying both. Uh, I had like uh, two of my kids play at Providence. <laughs> um, so.
0: Oh, okay, so I know what I'm picking <laughs> on
3: then. <laughs> so uh, go, go Myers Park. I might make some enemies out there. No, both of them were great plays. And Jackson D B that kid, man, that kid's got an arm. And if he's got time to throw the football, you know, he, he's going to be something special to watch here over the next few years. Um, but yeah, you know, I, listen, go deep. A lot of times those guys don't get a chance to get their hands on the ball, so go with the D.
0: All right. I'm um, surprised there. the upset. I'll go with the other one. Then I did not expect <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. And then JT, uh, last thing before
2: we get you out of here, you guys are debuting a new show on Bay Hackle sports, the blitz, a high school football highlight show. Tell us what we uh, can expect from that.
3: Yeah. Um, uh, we, we, we kicked it off, uh, last week. It streams at 11 o'clock on bayhacklesports.com. And basically it is myself and John treats, Kelly Bartek, Jack Taylor, and, uh, Yeah, we go out on Friday nights. Last week we ended up having, uh, I think, uh, 12 games, so 24 teams tonight. We are going to 15 games, and we'll have uh, highlights from those games, which will be, you know, 30 teams in our area. Um, We'll have a wrap-up from the guys who are calling our game of the week between Richmond and Butler. Uh, We'll have scores from across the area. And so it's uh, just high energy, high pace, and uh, we're excited to be able to do this. But, yeah, like I said, check it out at 11 o'clock on uh, BayHackleSports.com. Jump on your computer. You can watch it on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, um, all of that. Check it out.
2: All right. That was Jeff Taylor of Bayhackle Sports, also CW Sports Director. You can follow him on Twitter at Hackle Sports. We'll catch you next week, Jeff.
3: Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great weekend, and, hey, and stay cool.
2: All right, man, so we got a lot of football uh, in that segment, high school and college. So when we come back, maybe we'll break down some of what we just heard in that segment, and we'll close this thing down on a No Rules Friday. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
0: Football No Rules Friday, taking it to the Kyle Bailey show. And then right after Kyle Bailey and Smoke Ludwig, you'll still hear from Kyle Bailey, except we'll be joined by Mac for the pregame show kickoff between the Panthers and the Lions. Preseason game number three will take place. At 8 p.m. over at Bank of America Stadium. You can go check them out as well over at the doghouse. Should be a lot of fun. What should I ask while you're laughing or should we just continue to move on?
2: <laughs> no, it's nothing bad. I was just looking up uh, Ansonville, North Carolina.
0: For just 50. for no other reason than for 50, just random. We won't okay.
2: put all this business in the street, but just for 50. Okay. And, and just looking at the fact that as of the 2020 census, they had a population of 440.
0: Mm, that's lower than Claremont. Yeah. That's Crib, Claremont. I don't know how that makes you feel. But you don't have to tell us. Instead, we can go. Yeah, we'll talk about it post-show. All right. Sounds good. I'm sure people can understand exactly what's going on if you're paying (laughs) close attention. Time now for the week that was with the best highlights of the week.
4: Thank you for that research there, Wes. <laughs> that's all I got to say on that We're matter. we just saying populations of random towns. That's it. Um. All right. So we actually start with our first highlight from a highlight from last week's show. And there's been a recent development on the show where in the last month and a half, two months, Wes has gotten very uh, involved with the text line, if you will. He has. And yes, last Friday... Wes just wasn't feeling it, and I played a drop about scratching, and, well, we went all kinds of sideways. Fitty. I just asked Wes how he felt about the text on it. and He simply responded, go scratch yourself. Uh, He's yeah. not
0: in the mood today. I want more scratch yourself. I want more of that. That was a weird <laughs> sentence.
4: Go <laughs> scratch yourself. But I
0: do. Scratching is great, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird sentence, too. You want to elaborate? Just, it's a, a I mean,
2: relief. I'm just saying, man, if you got a really hey, bad itch, and then once you scratch it, man, it's it's a <sighs> great, great
4: feel. As long as you,
0: it doesn't continue.
4: I had one yesterday like in my lower part of my neck. For whatever reason, I just had this, like, dry itch. Maybe I have dry skin. I don't know. But I feel like if I had asked for lotion, <laughs> we would have went down an even darker hole. And I don't want to go that way with y'all on a Friday. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's
0: what I got to deal with, y'all. We got to have Fitty bring that up.
4: That I man says, scratch it is great. And this is my fault. But. <laughs> What a convo. <laughs> to be honest, I did not know that
0: it went that long. But it all started when Wes just had, that is the unfiltered mind of Wes Bryant. Scratching is great, though. It is. And it started that whole combo. Man. Uh, Delvis the Rock. He said, I don't I'm not, it's, it's not quite a curse word, but I'm not going to play around with it. All he said was, Ansonville is my hometown. A town down, baby. All right. Anybody out there that's interested in Ansonville? Maybe in this room. Yeah,
2: restaurant go. suggestions, things of that nature.
0: Uh, I thought it was some. I know somebody texted as well, talking about how. No, Wes is right though. A good scratch is great, and now the spaceman said facts about a good scratch. All right, a lot of people agree with that take.
4: <laughs> the best part is, you know, you always talk about how you get to see how my I react to stuff. Yeah. It's the same way for you, right? I have talked about my bathing routine. And you were more uncomfortable with us talking about scratching you know, than how s- I put soap on my body.
0: You heard what you said.
4: Oh, I know what I said, but I mean, I was—I gave you a detailed description of how I soap my nether regions, <laughs> and you were more comfortable than when I was talking about scratching.
0: I got to reload on the raw sugar man. By the way, I'm really? have to do that at Target. Yeah, good stuff. Just a raw man. It's called raw sugar. Raw men. Mm. Raw sugar, man. I th- I think it's something like that. That's Did the name of the
2: soap, the body wash?
0: If I just put sugar in it by myself, that's a pretty boss company. Maybe I, I'll look it up. I'll get drum on the research. What you got for us, Fiddy? <laughs> What's next?
4: All right, so earlier in the week, y'all boys went on a little trip down to the Rolling Hills Country Club for the Joe Moss Celebrity Golf Tournament. And I guess we could call Gerald Henderson a celebrity. He showed up. Walker wanted to ask if he was lit, and then he made a bold prediction about the upcoming Duke-Clemson game.
0: And I will say, I think we have a new X factor for the show, though. Yeah, he just I pulled think up. we
2: do too. He just pulled up on me, uh, Gerald Henderson. How about that?
0: That's right. We didn't tease it. We didn't know if you were going to be joining us. I just want to know how lit are you right now, Gerald? I'm. I'm always lit. Okay, stay <laughs> <hate>
3: lit.
0: <laughs> re- I'm
2: off life. The real question is, you know, I hear this Clemson talk, right? Uh-huh. And that's. I don't know if y'all talking about the ACC, but mm-hmm. I just talked no, to a buddy SEC of mine mm-hmm. who's a former uh, Clemson graduate back in the I tell him he's, he went through in the 50s or 60s his name's Jeff Sewell and he played at Clemson he was a linebacker and he was asking me about the game on September 4th mm-hmm. is that Duke Clemson yeah we're we gonna blow them out
4: in the little bowl that we got hmm, hmm. so here's the problem he would later go on and admit he doesn't know a single member of the Duke football team. That did happen. Gerald, I, look, I know that you don't think before you do anything. Hence, when he threw an elbow in Tyler Hansborough's face. Shout out. Wow. And your coach made you out to be the victim. But before you proclaim that your high school football program is going to upset the standard program in the ACC, shouldn't you at least know the quarterback? Am I asking too much out of Gerald Henderson?
2: I don't think you're asking too much. But salute to him for all of the memories from the North Carolina Duke rival.
4: Well, also. He was I'll, two and six against North Carolina. I'll give,
0: a, I'll give a salute. You know what I'm talking about. I'll give a salute to Gerald Henderson <laughs> stopping by and talking a, about Flip Murray. Okay? that's See, you guys are worried about the important stuff. I'm worried about Flip Murray stories. That's what I was here for. Yeah, you like
4: flipped your lid when you were talking about him. Yeah, he did.
0: It was cool move on. What else all right, got? now we get
4: to the <laughs> highlight of the week. We learned this week, Wes, that nuanced sports conversations, they're not Walker Mell's uh, forte. We were talking <laughs> about Magic and Steph, about him maybe being the best point guard of all time, and... Our very own Big Bird, lanky-ass host, Well, he tried to walk out of the studio.
0: <laughs> I'm not even going crazy with if you think Steph is better than Magic. Mm-hmm. Y'all tried to sit here and contemplate if Steph Curry was a better passer. I told you a million times, change the argument however you want to to make Steph a better passer.
2: Do it however yeah, you want. Yeah, I didn't say that. I just said I How think that he's not that far off from him as a passer to make that a huge decisive factor as to why he's a better passer. Last one,
4: fish. We were just having a trying to have a conversation. <laughs> with oh, Duan. no, don't you do it. Don't you do it. Yeah. You Go ahead and sit back down. There's no reason for you to stand up. Me sitting down is like you standing up. It's the same. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs)
3: That
0: take. Look, (laughs) you guys triggered me, okay? I want to have some level of control, but as soon, because this is what happened. I wanted to have some backing from Wes on Steph not being as good of a passer, and then he did the, I don't know, and then I had to open up the door and contemplate leaving. I had to. But you're right. I had, I, No, I didn't want any nuance. I wanted black <laughs> and white. I wanted as Magic Johnson a clear better passer, and then y'all tried to come in with some nuance, and I didn't want any of it. Classic All right. argument. All right, here's the nuance, maybe. We can bring, to this, bring this to the final predictions for the Carolina Panthers. Detroit Lions, last preseason game of this preseason. Or it's the real thing, Wes Bryant. Tell me what some of your predictions are.
2: Uh, I think they have a couple of scores. I think the offense will score... 17 points in the first half. I think Bryce Young looks good. Throws his first touchdown pass. And uh I mean the final score who cares, but right. I'll just go with the offense and the starters who everybody wants to see uh, offensively will look good. What you got, Teddy?
4: Man, I've I've never been more nervous or anxious for a preseason week 3 game at Bank of America Stadium. I think the Panthers win
0: 24-6. Wow the tone going into regular season game uh number one. I got Bryce Young scoring ten points, touchdown drive opener, baby. Like let's just let's just do this first possession. Just enough of what all Wes and Walker and Mac and Bone, Kyle Bailey's talking about being frustrated or worried. I don't even know if that's true for all the other shows. But enough of all that stuff. Okay, we're going to score a touchdown in the opener. And I'd want Nicky Iquanu to perform well against the twos that Detroit is going to be throwing out there. But we get the wow play. That's the number one prediction I'll make. We got a wow play from Bryce Young. I don't know how it's going to you know, come about, whether it be a dime from within the pocket, from outside of it, maybe a big old rushing play. Get out of bounds if that happens, Mr. Bryce Young. But we get the wow play that everybody's going to be talking about. And we're going to be pointing it out on Monday. That's my prediction. I like it. That's what we'll do. Wesson Walker, that's a week, man. Let's talk some Panther football on Monday from 12 to 3. Also, let's talk some more Panther football with Kyle Bailey and Smoke Ludwig and then stick around again for more Kyle Bailey alongside Mac at the Doghouse at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.